So I want to share something which God gave me months ago and it was during our worship. It's funny how God speaks in times of worship. Plug. So I've got lots of bits of paper and you'll have to bear with me because they're going to be jiggled about. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to read. Well, you see, God spoke to me and it was months before I wrote it down. But I'm very glad I wrote it down because I've got it and I haven't forgotten it because it could have been forgotten. I could have left it behind and it just drifted off into the distant, distant distance. That's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants us to forget the things he says, especially the Rima word of God, which is so powerful for us. Rima meaning the living now God speaking word. And the logos is the written thing. The Rima is when God quickens something. And that's what we live by. Every Rima that comes out of the mouth of God. So I shall read from my writing so bear with me if I can't read my writing so it was during worship I had a vivid image of the key thing are you waiting for it drum roll (laughs) of all things a lightning conductor Mm -hmm. I actually saw a picture of one that I had seen years ago and noticed and just thought well that's interesting at the corner of a building Seeing it attached to the building and coming down and going into the ground. And there, in vivid in my mind, was that image that I had. And it suddenly quickened to me. Oh, I felt, whoa, this is God speaking. He's saying something new. So I let that ruminate and grow, and I started to do a bit of research. Not going to bore you with all the science, because it got a bit technical. But there are some principles and analogies that I want us to capture Because God is saying that we are lightning conductors. We've already heard this morning, Paul was a lightning conductor simply by going to the bar and being open. And another something somebody mentioned. Yeah, exactly. They caught something. So you don't have to suddenly think, oh my goodness, I've got to be this amazing thing. No, but just capture something here. There are some principles that will help us to do the go to the bar or the responding to the prompts. Okay, so this lining conductor was no flimsy piece of metal. It was a thick strip of copper that had gone green with age and perhaps it was about two inches wide and maybe about half a centimetre thick. I was quite surprised when I saw this because I'd never really noticed them before and I thought, it's actually quite substantial, this thing. Um, And it had metal strips across it at various points going up the building. And this was to secure it to the stonework. And as I've said, the imagery represents us. We are to be lightning conductors. Those who are able to be an earthing point for the power of heaven. Okay. Now, many analogies. So, the lightning conductor projects just a few feet beyond the tip of the building it's protecting. Just a little bit higher. Just a bit. But then it's also well secured, excuse me, into the ground. Okay? So that it can earth the lightning bolt without damaging the building. 
We need to be rooted in our world. In it, but not of it. In it, in the thick of it, in the mess of it, in the trial of it, but not of it. Our identity is somewhere else. Now, I looked for this through Strong's Concordance and couldn't find it, maybe because there was too many references to seek. But I'm sure there's a verse that says we're in the world but not of it. So if anybody can find it, please let me know because you can add that to the notes because I couldn't find it anywhere. There were lots of things similar to that but not the one I was looking for. So essentially God is looking for touch points where he can download his power. But we need to be well secured Otherwise, the power will blow us off the building. We have to be men and women of substance to handle the power of heaven. Now, I'm glad Paul shared that testimony because if I just said those words, you might think, oh, well, I'm not up for that. I I couldn't handle the power of heaven. Well, the power of heaven was manifest in that conversation. It's in the little things. It's where God does that little nudge. Now, there are times when there is power and big shakes and lightning bolts. And that does happen as well. But I believe that the majority is in the small, still small voice of God, just doing that little nudge. But unless we're ready, unless we're confident that was the Lord, unless I've got assurance, I'm not going to step out. I'm not going to make that brave step. So we've got to be strong and we've got to be secure in where God has put us and where, how we can develop our roots. So he wants to use us, and we're meant to be channels of this power. We're nobody special, particularly. There's no one better than another. We are all meant to be like this as God's children. God is no respecter of persons and will use anyone who's open, ready, and willing to obey. So, how do we get strong? How do we do this? Well... There's a lot of reasons and a lot of ways. And we're going to explore a few of them in a little bit. Okay. But key is the word of God and reading that word, getting that word in you. 1 John 2.14. We're going to look at that a little bit later. But God is looking also for consistency and permanency. And I know it's hard because we all... Like Gary was saying last week, we just think, I can't be bothered today. I don't want to have my quiet time. (sighs) Well, maybe, I'm not going to bother praying this week, but, well, you know, that's as may be. And God does not treat us any differently. He loves us just as much. But to be in the place where God is going to use you powerfully we have be, we have to be prepared to put in the time to put in the hours if you like to put ourselves in the place where god's nudge that spark is going to do something and i can't underscore that enough if we as a very small congregation want to make an impact into our community into our city and beyond we have to be people who are willing to get into god's presence to come before that throne and battle through the opposition. I don't want to do it. I'm too tired. Oh, well, I didn't yesterday, so I won't bother today. We have to push through these things. We need to be filled with faith. 
in order to do the works of the kingdom. The righteous live by faith. And the only place faith comes from, I'm sorry if you dispute it, but the only place it comes from is by hearing the living word of God. And I could give you countless stories of the ways in which the enemy tries to stop me from getting into this. And I'm sure you could echo the same things. We need to step up to the plate and build ourselves up and recognise God wants to use even me. We need to expect he will act. He's calling us to become who we really are. Not filled with self-doubt, but assured in our identity as children of God. Now you're not going to know who you are unless you read this thing. And you know, I can know that stuff, but I forget unless I'm back in it. And it's, oh yeah, wow. I mean, it's a big book. It's hard to keep it all up in there, isn't it? That's why we're meant to take daily bread. Come on, let's eat it. Let's take it. Let's digest. Do you know what? We are princes with God. A kingdom of priests, it says in Revelation. Another translation says um, kings and priests. Imagine it. You are royalty. I'm looking at royalty this morning. That will change your demeanour. You imagine the queen. She, she's, she walks with a certain poise. <laughs> and you wouldn't expect her to, to be sort of lift up a skirt and run down. Well, she probably wouldn't at this age anyway. But there's a certain dignity. Now... Some place, dignity has to go out the window because you've just got to muck in and do what's needed. But we are to hold ourselves more on the inside as to who we are when we're facing the stuff. I, held, I hold my head up on the inside. I'm not going to be kowtowed by my circumstance, by a loud mouth, by persecution, by whatever it might be. I'm going to hold myself up because we've got to be strongly secured to the building that the lightning conductor is protecting. We've got to be connected in. We've got to be rooted into our true identity. Yes, God is wanting you to pray for sick, the sick, sick people. He's wanting you to step out, not to make you scared. God simply wants to make himself known to the unbelievers and, and the needy of our world. But he has to have us available and willing, prepared. So the lightning conductor is secured to the building. And just think about it. It actually needs the building to be the shape it is. Without the building, it just goes... <laughs> and it's not a great deal of use. But the other thing is, the lightning conductor can't go anywhere else. I'm stuck here. I've got no choice or options. I'm stuck to the landscape that I've been put in. I can't move away. Okay, now, the analogy. God places us places. And sometimes we might not want to be there. But we are. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to cooperate? Are we going to yield? Am I going to die 
and be pinned to this place so that I can be a conductor of heaven's grace, heaven's light, heaven's power? Am I going to be willing to say, okay, okay, God, I give in, I surrender, I will be pinned to this place, I will become stuck here? Okay, going back years and years and years, when I was a student, and there was a whole crowd of young people in this congregation. One by one by one by one, they all start going. And I'm thinking, well, what about me then? What, why, why, where, what's, where's the big wide world for me? Right here, Stu. You're going nowhere. You're staying here. <laughs> but God has a plan. If you will embrace it, you are going to be the life in that place. So choose to turn around your view and say, yes, God, I will do what you're saying. We might resent where God has placed us, but this is where he's put us. And we can use this to project ourselves above the circumstances around and pull in the power above to earth God's power in the midst of our world. Amen. So, thinking about how do we secure ourselves, how do we make ourselves strong? Let's have a look at some scripture, because that is what makes us strong. And I felt I must give you some word, because word will feed you, word will nourish you. So, we're going to jump into 2 Timothy, which is in the New Testament, just after 1 Timothy, and just before Titus. All very little books, all the T's, all come together. So I'm going to read an abridged version of 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 13. Okay? You therefore... I will try and speak properly. You therefore, my son or daughter, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You therefore must endure hardship... Now, that doesn't sound terribly positive, does it? But actually, let's be real. Hardship comes. Hardship happens. It's what we choose to do with it is the key thing. Endure it, which really means just hang with it, stay with it till the sun comes out, okay? Stay with it till the situation changes. You know you can see beyond. And it goes on. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Now, I'm not contradicting what I said earlier. We are in the world, but not of it. But there's a principle here about recognising our identity as very different. Now, Paul knows he's very different. He's different to the blokes at work. He knows he's God. He knows he's saved. And he's able to speak out of that on Facebook. And people start coming up to him. And I've lost my train of thought, but you get my point. He knows who he is uh, because he's learned not to entangle. There's There's a difference here. He's not entangled himself with the drinking culture at work, but he can associate with it. He can be involved, but not entangled and tied up, so I can't do anything for God. So there is a very big difference. So, if anyone competes in the games, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. That's another strong word. God has his ways. I've already been saying, we've got to be people of the word. We've got to be people of the presence. People of his thoughts. 
People who deal with negativity, who turn the telly over when it's negative, who counteract what the TV presenter says. Well, I'm praying for our nation. You might say that rubbish, you political commentator. I'm not listening to you. I'll shut you up. You doomsayer. Well, I believe for better for my nation. That's what I do when I'm listening to the radio. And I start praying. I switch off and I start praying about Brexit. I start praying that God will just sustain our government and lead us through the plan he has. I don't know what it is, but God has a plan. He knows what he's doing. And he's got a purpose for every man, woman and child in this country. And we've got to see that come about in our generation. So we have to compete according to God's rules, his ways, if we want to see fruit. We want to see the kingdom come. We've got to be prepared to pick up the trowel and the mortar and the bricks that God gives us. So that we can build according to his pattern. Not what we think is the way to do it. We need to be listening. We need to be open. We're still in 2 Timothy 2 if you wonder where we are. Consider what I say says Paul. So think about these things I'm sharing. Go away and think about it. What does it mean for me? How am I going to address whatever things in my life are challenging right now? And it goes on, for if we died with him, we shall live with him. That's good. You know, there's the symbol, symbolism of, of their being buried in Christ, in baptism, and raised to life. And we are in him. If we endure, we shall reign with him. Now there's a promise. When the going gets tough and we're able to keep going, he's promised us a crown for that, that challenge. And then it's sobering if we deny him, he denies us. Do you remember Peter denied Jesus? But he restored him, which was the great thing. And even if we're faithless, the amazing thing is he remains faithful. He is so committed to us because he's downloaded something of him into us. He can't abandon us. He says, you are my son. It's like your own children. You, you, well, you're my child. I can't say you're not my child anymore. You just are. Look at the message. But you're still my child. I still love you. So that's 2 Timothy 2. You can go and read that at your leisure and pick out the bits that I was highlighting. 1 John 2.14. Let's jump further down towards Revelation, towards the end of the book. 1 John 2.14 says... I tell you what, I'm going to read from verse 12 because I love this. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who's from the beginning... I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I've written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, this is the particular bit, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now I just want to say here, you might read that and think, well, I don't feel strong. I don't feel like the word of God dwells in me. Well, tell you what, here's a really good life lesson start to agree with what it says start to challenge what this obstinate rebellious person likes to do his own thing actually submit to the word of god therein is your salvation and believe what it says about you because this brings salvation to you if you just start to say it says i am that right then i am i'm saying by his stripes you have been healed right then I'm taking that. 
I have been healed. I receive it. I take it. I know it's a very familiar verse for us. And we maybe tried it many times and still think, it's not working for me. Well, I'm still going to believe this. Let God be true and every man a liar. I'd rather be confessing this than my own paltry attempts at communicating what I think is right. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Back to Timothy. Chapter 1. Verse 7. Does anybody know this one? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We did that at kids um, one year at the Bible week, and I remembered it. We learned it. It stuck with me. Get the word in you so you remember what he's saying. Jumping again, Revelation 12. Let's have a look and see. Oh, I like this one. You'll like this one too. You'll know what it is when we start reading it. In fact, there's more in Revelation that we're going to read later, but that's for a few minutes' time. Okay, so what did I say? Revelation chapter. Thank you very much. We shall start at verse 10. I love it. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Wow. Overcome by the blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony. That's what we do. Jesus has spilt his blood. We've celebrated that this morning. He did that. That's fine. Be blessed. Oh, go for it. Go and do, do the stuff. And the word of our testimony. That's all we need to do is let our mouth open. Do you know what? You can testify to the wind. Because you're speaking out into the invisible realm. You can testify, I am a child of God. No longer whatever, whatever. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. You can just speak it out there. Nobody has to be listening. But it's your word of your testimony. But also you can share, hey, guess what? I got saved when I was 14 and I found Jesus. He changed my life and I now don't suffer from depression and da-di-da-di-da. And God's healed me and all sorts. The word of our testimony. I believe in this Jesus. I overcome by doing that. Jesus' blood has been shed. I take that and receive it. And now I declare I believe it. I'm putting my hope in it. More than that, I'm putting my faith in it. Ephesians 6. What's in Ephesians 6? The armour of God. Absolutely. So let's read about, a little bit about it from chapter 10. Okay. Finally. Sorry guys, it's not finally. I've still got a bit more to do. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places now don't worry too much if you're wondering what on earth is all that about the key thing for us is what goes on here 
is the stronghold and the power and the principalities that needs tearing down if it's not right. That's where we need to say, no, God says this. I'm replacing whatever negative rubbish is trying to dominate my thinking. Okay. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So stand, having girded your waist with truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, these are all things God's given you. And at times in my life, I've consciously put it on. Consciously, so yeah, the breastplate of righteousness is covering my heart. And the, 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 having my feet fitted with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So wherever I go, I'm going to take the gospel. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, you know, God has given us lots of things to clothe ourselves, to make ourselves strong. There's a picture of the soldier, the centurion. We were talking about the army the other week. Okay, Hebrews 11. Jump into that. Now, what's in Hebrews 11? It's the heroes of faith, isn't it? They're amazing. We're only going to read a little bit. So let's go. I was going to pick out verse 34, but we'll give it a little bit of context by starting at verse 30. So whoever wrote Hebrews is telling us about the exploits of faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho Jericho fell down when they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the prostitute harlot, Rahab the harlot, did not perish with those who didn't believe when she received the spies with peace. You know, just as an aside, Rahab's amazing, really. She was a prostitute, and she did one act of, really, fear. She was fearful, but hid the spies because she knew the Israelites were coming. That got her a name in Scripture and a name in Jesus' genealogy. I mean, it's just amazing. You know, God can do anything with anybody if we will agree to line up with him. And so it goes on. People who subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of the lion, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out, out of weakness were made strong. You've probably heard me talk about that verse before. In the midst of the battle, that's where we got strong. Because that's where we thought, I've got to pick up that shield, I've got to pick up that sword, and I've got to wield it. And that's when you become strong, because I'm fed up with having this rubbish at my door. I'm not having this anymore. I'm no longer a slave of fear. I am a child of God. And jump down into two chronicles. So go back in yourself. It's before Kings. Or is it? Is it or not? Maybe I got that wrong. Maybe Kings comes first. Kings comes first. It's Samuel, Kings, then Chronicles. I did memorize the books of the Bible at school. I've obviously not remembered. Okay. Chapter 16. I love this part of the verse because it comes with the rebuke, but we're not going to read that bit. So 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, and I'll get the right book. There we go. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro 
throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. To show himself strong on behalf of those who are totally committed to him, it says elsewhere. So when you feel like, I haven't got the strength, God is looking. He's looking to find you, to bring strength to you, to bring encouragement to you so that you can do the stuff. Okay, I can see time is is racing away with me, but I want to carry on with one or two more analogies from my lightning conductor. So, it's all very well being secure and rooted, but we need the power. And the analogy of lightning conductors isn't great for us because they don't get a lot of use in our country. Not, not a great deal. But if you go to a hot climate, there's an awful lot more of tropical storms and a lot more lightning. So, it's not made use of a great deal in our country. Now then, I want to talk to you a little bit, get your meteorology heads on. A storm happens when there is a strong upward movement of moist laden air moisture laden air and it's when a cold front hits a warm front and what happens is the cold front goes underneath and the hot one goes now analogy i'm the warm front but very often i get hit with a cold front and it's like i don't like it what's the result i go up you can go up too it does depend which way you want to go. So, it goes up. Now, to me, this speaks of prayer. The upward travel of faith-filled prayer will cause a stir in the heavenlies, a build-up of potential power that is then released earthward in powerful answers to prayers. I want, I've not got my phone, but I was... Googling some info on it. And it's interesting that the building, where the trop- a, a storm is brewing, there is this different differential electrical stuff going on. I think the ground is positive, the, the air is negative. And it builds and builds and builds. And what happens before the lightning strikes, there are what are known as streamers, which are going up from various points of the high points, because of these ions all building up, there's a number of them going up, and any one of them might trigger the <laughs> down. Okay? And that really spoke to me, because it was one lightning bolt, but many prayers. And we don't know where it's going to hit. And there's a 60 meter radius, whichever direction. That's a long way. It's going to jump. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Let's look at, I mentioned Revelation, let's go and jump into Revelation chapter 8. Because we get some more goodies there. Stay. Okay. So we'll start at verse 1. We're going to read through to 6. Okay, so... When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. 
Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints. Underline. Upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God. That's another word for going up, if you're not sure. The prayers went up. Okay? From the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings and an earthquake. Whoa, come on. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. So there's this whole process going on that's triggered by the prayers of the saints rising up. There are lightnings and thunderings. Well, we're wanting to see divine appointments. We're wanting to see healings. We're wanting to see provision, miracles, all sorts. It can be anything. But the prayers rise up and release the angelic, releases the power of God, releases the powers of the age to come, which we are meant to participate in. We are meant to be living in these supernatural activities. Okay, so I've pretty much said everything I wanted to say. It's an encouragement for us to go away and realise failure for us is not an option. We have to succeed. <laughs> the rate at which we succeed might be determined by the rate of our dedication and commitment to praying to reading the word and think about this are we the same people we were 12 months ago or are we different in 12 months time are we going to be the same people gathered here or others with us I'm reaching for more we have to reach for more we have to realise there's nuts and bolts to this. There's practical application. But we want to be connectors with heaven. Yeah, come on in, we're fine, we've, we're virtually done. So we're going to pray. And um, I want us to stand. And we, we also want to offer the opportunity to pray for anybody, for anything, for any purpose, any reason. And if we pray for everybody here this morning, I'll be delighted. Just come and get blessed if you want to be prayed for. But I'm going to conclude this with a prayer. And I want you to just reach and say, okay, Father. Yeah, just reach up your hands as a symbol. Just say, I'm a lightning conductor, God. I want to receive. I want to take something. Father, you have said quite clearly in your word that I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell, the gates are closed against us. They are not overpowering us. They are trembling and they are going to give way. That's just an aside. Father, we want to be cooperators with your purpose and plan. We say this morning we're up for it. And I'm asking you, Lord, to come and bring encouragement to every heart that needs that. Father, I'm asking you by your Holy Spirit 
to carry us from this place into the divine appointments you have for us, however big, however small, those moments, those encounters, Lord God, that we can earth heaven's power. Heaven is brewing a storm. And we want to be those that will connect. People are crying out. People are desperate and they don't know where to look. We are the earthing points for the answers to their, their cries. Let us be in that place. Lord, we give you permission to steer our feet where you want us to be. Lord, we give you permission to stick us where perhaps we don't want to be, but it's where you're saying us to be. We want to yield. We want to say yes and surrender. Thank you, Father. I pray your blessing on every one of us here this morning as we go from this place. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.